0: Welcome to the first meeting of the new year, 2023, Science Fiction Club, January 12th, 2023. It's interesting. I haven't had so much trouble getting used to that this year. as I, I must be getting more conscious of doing it every when it comes around, because oh. in previous years, I'd forget. So I think I've kind of got it into my head now to try to remember. Anyhow... Um, well, Martin, we were just talking about your book. Do you want to talk more about it now, or? Well, I, I'm
1: gonna. I'll leave that go to next month. What okay. I'm, what I want to talk about right now is the. I read the second part, the second book of that book that I started last month, and you suggested I might want to read the second part. Of this thing about by Julie Trinetta called Species and was, Imperative was the first one. The second one was called I believe it's called Survivor. Mm-hmm. And it carried on with with the main theme of the, the main characters is this salmon this biologist who who studies salmon and she got involved in this intergalactic struggle. And um the first book had to do with these aliens called the Jin. Jin I believe it's called. And she went to their planet and they were supposed to be very peaceful um creatures and Dude. somehow they went through a transformation started to, to exterminate different planets and 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 groups, um, and then there, and it turns out that there's a, a second species that's really the perpetrator, called the uh, the roe, and they kidnapped a, a close friend of hers by the name of um, what was her name? I forgot her name. <laughs> uh, forget her name. But anyway, she she was a very close friend of the of the main character, and in the second book, they um, they go to the Interspecies Union calls a meeting of all the species, they have a consulate in, I think in Antarctica. And to try to figure out how to, first they think that the, the Jinn, I believe they're called, it were the, is the perpetrators and they can't understand why since they were so peaceful, how they became ruthless like that. They go out and destroy all these different planets. And it turns out that um, the main character, discovers that actually jinn go through they have a metamorphosis they go through it if they go through it they become they totally change character and become this ruthless killers and what's doing that are, are these other aliens called the the main as i say i believe their name was and they they turn out to be the guilty ones in the thing and there's a lot of you know interaction between a lot of different aliens and also this Uh, the main character has this thing going for um, a, um, you you can say it's a guy from the secret service is actually, you know, trying to find out what's going on. And they have this sort of semi romance going on. At any rate, it it ends, the book ends, uh, there must be a third book, because it ends at her friend who had been kidnapped by these bad aliens, the main, I believe they're called, they had a way of coming in and out of space. You know, they, they're, mm. they're all virtually unvis- invisible and they're able to control time and stuff. And they kidnapped her and made her and, and did changes to her body and made her sort of part of uh, a, a vehicle for, for them communicating with, with the, the rest of the, of, the, of, the, of the humans and the other aliens. Mm. Anyway, they managed to get her back, but she's pretty messed up. They did a lot of damage on her. And the book very ends when she wakes up, and 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 the main character sees her, and really, and was so glad to see her, and, and that's the way it ends. So it makes me think there's going to be a third book, but I don't think again the problem the series not apparently the third mm-hmm. one hasn't been put on any means. But they're interesting books. there's a lot of you know her characters rather complex. It's interesting to, to listen to her reactions in a way she interacts with with humans and other aliens. So I don't know if we want to if we would want to consider one of those books as a possible read for next, you know, for everyone to read or not, given the fact that they're you know it, it it's there's no conclusive ending.
0: Mm, maybe, right. uh, but it would have to be the first one because we right. wouldn't want to jump into.
1: Right, obviously
0: we have
1: to go the first one Yeah, yeah. So that's basically it. It's it's
0: interesting. Julie Cherneda, right? Yeah, I know her. And I can't remember. I probably read some shorter stuff by her in the also magazine, um, in the magazines. Um, Roger, you are, you were first last time. Can you? <laughs>
1: now he's no, he's last.
0: Well, not. No, he's not. Go not go quite. <laughs> can you go second?
2: I can go second. Um, you sound I, really good. Yeah, I I bring you this time. Fools Experiments by Edward M. Lerner. And now let me make sure you understand uh, how that title is actually formed. Fools and Experiments are both plurals, but there is an apostrophe after the S in fools so that um, the implication is it's talking about experiments, plural, by fools plural <laughs> mm-hmm. although i'm not really sure it's the most appropriate the title in the world but let me start out by saying that this story has been done over and over and over but uh, edward lerner does make it pretty interesting i liked it i in fact i gave it a four stars on um goodreads but it is still something that's been done over and over and here's the basically what the story is well putting it in the way that has been done over and over uh people develop a super intelligent self-aware computer program that then turns out to virtually declare war on humanity um I, I remember the Forbin Project and
1: mm-hmm.
2: even well before the Forbin Project, there were uh, evil robots and stuff like that. Like I said, it's been done over and over. In this case, though, there are some people working at a computer lab and they are trying to um, to develop a self-aware, intelligent computer computer program. And they are doing it by, um, I think sometimes it's called a genetic algorithm and sometimes an evolutionary algorithm. But it's the process by which they develop a computer program by um, the same process that biological evolution uh, came about. And in fact, they call this artificial life abbreviated A-L, so I suppose you know what they end up calling their creation. He's Al. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the way they do it, they, um, it, well, they there are actually people working with these kind of uh, programming. I heard about one group of people who developed one to predict what the stock market is going to do, and They've uh, developed other kind of computer programs that do various things. But um, the way they do it is they just kind of write a program that um, kind of does what they want it to do, and then they just turn it loose where it mutates a little bit. Something in it will mutate, and then it will reproduce itself and try to do its task again. And then they introduce another random mutation. And this, of course, is done at very high speed. So gradually, the program gets better and better at what it's trying to do until um, the original programmers have no idea what the computer code is that it's using, just that it evolved it to the point where it's um, doing a really good job of what it's trying to do. In this case, they want a computer program that can learn, will seek out knowledge, and will increase its intelligence, but they measure its intelligence by how well it can solve problems, and they give it various problems to solve, and it mutates itself, um, and then, The mutations that do not help it solve these problems are discarded, and the ones that do are retained, and so it gets smarter and smarter. But some twists are put into this. It can, since it can reproduce itself so well, it can split itself too. So it splits itself. Well, here's something they figure there are a lot of... um, evolutionary biologists who figure that one way humanity developed the intelligence that it has is when it became a predator and therefore it had to outsmart the prey and ended up getting smarter. Of course, there was a lot more to it than that, but uh, because um, you notice there are a lot of other predatory animals around who did not develop human level intelligence. But, What they do here, first of all, they don't have to waste resources on um, trying to track down the prey. The prey doesn't have to waste resources on um, getting bigger or learning to run faster or anything like that, because it's all within the computer that this is going on. So it has split itself into prey and predator. The prey has to learn to outsmart the predator, and the predator has to outsmart the prey. And there's this feedback going on constantly until the prey becomes really smart because it's learning more and more how to outsmart a really smart predator. And the predator gets really smart because it's learning more and more how to outsmart a really smart prey. And then when they reach a certain level of intelligence, the split program merges itself and becomes one entity. And here you have an entity that not only has increased its intelligence, but it also has a very strong self-preservation instinct that came from the prey, and it has a very strong predatory instinct um <clears throat> that's already beginning to sound a little ominous isn't it <laughs> <laughs> well, um and in fact this al it's smarter and smarter to the point that even though it keeps its original programming in that is always trying to learn more and more and to learn better and better how to solve problems and it keeps this um, self-preservation instinct and this predatory instincts. It also develops um, agendas of its own. Um, its own agendas are so alien to hum- human thought processes, though, that nobody can figure out what it is or why it's doing certain things or what interest it has in these other agendas. But it, doesn't seem to have much regard for humans. Um, there is a dam, by the way, that releases all of its water and floods an entire town. Um, yeah. Other things that would depend on computers. Oh yeah. I forgot to mention it does get out on the internet and reproduces itself all over the world and computers all over the world. But um Airlines get jammed, trains come to a halt, and in other words, it's causing a lot of economic damage. Not that it's really hostile toward humanity, it just has its own agendas. So, time comes okay, this is causing too much damage, time to shut it down. Ah, but it has a very strong sense of self preservation. And it's a lot smarter than any human on Earth. (laughs) So this shutting it down isn't going to be easy. (laughs) So um, that's basically the story. They do find a way to defeat it. I'm not sure if I'd really call it an out-and-out defeat, but now... If I mention how they figure it out, and this is the twist, like I said, this story has been done over and over and over, but I don't recall having read anything that had this particular twist to it. So, the question is: this could well this could be a spoiler. Do you guys want to hear what they do or not? Uh-
3: um-
0: man, not, what do you guys think? I'm going to say no.
3: Okay. Well, we only need one no to say no. Because there are
0: people listening that might not want to that <laughs> might not want to be might not want it to be spoiled. Uh, oh, that's okay. a good
3: point. Yeah. What do you guys think? Well, I think that's a good point. People might be listening to it that don't want spoilers.
0: Uh, and they might not, you know, I don't know if they can run a you know, skip ahead or whatever. It's just probably better not to Give it away.
2: Okay. Okay. I'll only. I'll only go ahead and say that, um, like I said, this story has been done over and over and over. But I am yes. not aware of this particular uh, mm-hmm. conclusion. So I'll leave it to you guys to find out. But the book is Fools' Experiments by Edward M. Lerner, and Doesn't it happen- is it is available on Bard.
0: Isn't that That's- part of a series? Uh, aren't there other books with that title, or am I thinking of some other?
2: am um, thinking of uh, I, I don't, I didn't really remember checking to see if it was a series, it worked okay for me as a standalone, but
0: um, no, I'm thinking of a fantasy novel series, hmm. Fools, I forget her name.
2: Oh, oh, okay, there is a. I think the word fool with various spellings have been used in um, yeah. series. And so there's one called fool's company. Yeah. <clears throat> I forget who the author that's is it. but that's spelled P H U L E. Right. And okay. This, yeah. this one is spelled F O O L S. Well, I okay.
3: suggest yeah. that after Evans turns off the tape, I'm intrigued enough to know what the ending is. All right.
0: Well, when I give the closing announcement, I'll stop the recording, and then Roger can tell us what the he can spoil it. Uh,
2: How
1: how how long is it? How big of a book is it?
2: Um, I think I think it came out to about maybe 13 hours or so. Not
1: too bad.
2: Yeah, not too bad. That
1: might be something. We want to consider that as a possible book for us to read.
0: Maybe I'll tell you uh, with what's, what's going on in AI now. I mean, things are going quite a bit faster than a lot of people thought Mm. I've heard some demonstrations of this Mm GPT-3 and while it can come out with a lot of nonsense, it can come out with, in a few seconds, you know, work that would pass muster and, you know, average, high school you know essay writing class um it's and and they're coming out with another one later this year or early next year they said
2: as a a matter of fact i read an article about that recently and the author was saying it looks like this is the end of homework
0: yeah i don't know what's going to happen i mean i think there was a similar crisis when they came out with calculators and i think a lot of math teachers and stuff (laughs) what are we gonna do and they they worked around it i mean they adapted to it um they're probably gonna do something similar but i don't know how far along they are in thinking about that you know and adapting to it but this is only 2023 i mean um it's like really accelerating now um but um so it might be a, a candidate. It might be a good because I'm interested in here. I'm actually interested in seeing. I might read that one. My, an interesting twist to it that it'd be worth looking at. Um, well, Sherry... Uh, do you want to oh,
3: tell us about something? Yes. More? I read something called Brainwave by Powell Anderson. Oh, I like that book. That I, was really, a good book. I really like Paul Anderson, but I didn't mm-hmm. like this one as much as I've liked all his other ones.
0: Oh, well, he's done so, a huge variety of books. Oh work, yeah. So.
3: Absolutely. Um this one, everyone's intelligence increases suddenly and it keeps increasing and increasing. And this includes animals. So we've got uh, people not wanting to do blue-collar jobs anymore. We've got farm animals that know how to get out of their pens. We've got people forming socialist groups. And we've got people forming anti-science groups, which I didn't get if you're supposed to be intelligent, but I, who knows. And then they go. some people go out into space to try to figure out what's causing this. And I didn't really... That's about all I really have to say about the book. I can't, maybe you can even say more, Evan. I didn't really figure out if they ever figured it. I read it out like 25 it.
0: or 30 years ago. <laughs> it was supposed to be some galactic cloud or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Um, and
3: they went out looking for it, and the one hero. While he was out there, his wife just couldn't handle being smarter. She just couldn't handle it and couldn't handle it. and She ended up giving herself ECT, electroconvulsive therapy, to you know fry her brain so she didn't have to deal with this because she just couldn't handle it. And there are some people like that, too. And yeah. so that was kind of interesting to see the sociological effects of this. Yeah,
0: it was an ambitious book, but it's really hard to do that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, how do you write about people that are smarter than you are i mean it's an impossible task really i mean it's one of those things john campbell um actually talked to frank herbert about because of course Mm -hmm. he tried to write about people that were smarter than him like all the treaties and people like that and it's you, you what do you do i mean you either have to keep people off stage or you know you have to be you know show them very sparingly or be very vague uh, and if you're really exceptional, you can kind of give hints, you know, as to what it might be like. Herbert, I think, did a really good job, but it's a it's a really difficult problem. And Anderson took a stab at it, and I, mm-hmm. you know, as I said, I dimly remember it because it was yeah. a long time ago. But uh, and I read it. Uh, is that on uh, Bard?
3: Oh yeah, yeah, it's on
0: Bard, and All it's right. fairly
3: short too.
0: Yeah, I read it. I think it was recording for the blind to had it back then. Wow. i don't remember wow. it being on bart um, wow a long time ago but i you know i'm um, impressed
3: that you remember having read it that long ago i read it,
0: <laughs> I re- yes i read it uh and it's held up as kind of like one of those attempts at trying to write yeah. you know, right but you know and it was partially maybe partially successful
3: yeah but, but i it, i
0: like yeah. the attempt anyway anderson <laughs> did so much you know, he liked, he did his fantasy work and he did yep. time
3: travel work. Yep. And, you know, he did. I like him a lot. Of, I will always give him a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want so, me to l- read the three books I have as possibilities or wait till you're done with your book?
0: Oh, no, go ahead. Because uh, I don't have a finished book this month. Okay. I'm reading.
3: Uh, I'll, no, I'll just
0: go ahead. then. Okay,
3: go ahead. Yeah.
0: Um, I am more than halfway through two books. And so, but. I'm a little over halfway through the year's best science fiction 29th annual edition, Gardner Dozois. It's like 41 hours or 42 hours or something. And I'm about halfway through. I did skip one story. It's hard to review short stories, though. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much I can say about it. I like some of the stories. Um, and some of them were pretty good. I did skip one because it was about 19th century alternate technology type thing. And I don't care about alternate history at all. Um, but there were some other good ones. Uh, Stephen Baxter has one in there, Invasion of Venus. But the aliens of Venus are having a war with some aliens from out outside the solar system. And they completely ignore humanity. And that kind of is unsettling to some people. And, you know, uh, that was an interesting story. And um, Damien Broderick had one that was really far out. That's kind of hard for me to describe, but it was pretty good, which leads me into the other book that I'm reading, but it's not accessible yet. And so I'm not sure how much I should say about it, but I'm going to talk about it anyhow, because I really like it. It was a very expensive book that I got for Christmas. Lissy bought it. It's called Earth is But a Star Excursions Through Science Fiction to the Far Future. Mm-hmm. And I like far future stuff. But this book consists of fiction and essays there, are, you know, roughly every other um, article is uh, nonfiction. And then it goes back to a fiction story. And everybody's in and a lot of people are in here. Paul Anderson's in here, of course, um, and A.E. Van Vogue and uh, Stephen Baxter. And there's an essay by Stanislaw Lem on Olaf Stapleton's star maker, which I haven't got to yet because it's near the end. Uh, it's it's a big book. It's 466 pages on in trade paperback. So those are pretty big pages. And I'm going to, I'm almost, um, well, I'm halfway through exactly and I'm doing it for Bookshare. Once I get it approved, I'll tell people who might be interested. There's essays talking about, you know, hg wells and there's a there's a there's an essay about the city and the stars by arthur c Clarke, which was really interesting it's amazing what people with certain political views will see in a story that you never imagined (laughs) um i don't know how many of you have read the city and the stars but there are critics there's one critic that their essay writer russell blackford talks about that that uh claim that that Novel is a propagandist for U.S. capitalist imperialism. And uh, it's really interesting to hear how the critic comes by that conclusion. But um, anyway, there's uh, other essays in there um, about um, uh, comparing the City and the Stars and Octavia Butler's Xenogenesis series, which isn't that far in the future, but it has deals with similar problems. Uh, I haven't read those, or if I read them, I don't remember them very well. They might be worth giving a try, because it's aliens come to Earth, you know, after a nuclear war or during a nuclear war, I forget. And and they kind of uh, alter humanity, that humans can choose to join with them. And apparently they can mate with them and, you know, they give humans, humans and, uh, you know, they uh the people who don't join with them kind of have to live real primitive lives and anyhow um so it's a really interesting book uh there's a long story in here by john brunner which i haven't started yet um called earth is but a star it's um john brunner wrote some other stuff uh but i'm finding other books to read in here um naturally with this and there's quite a bit of talk about H.G. Wells, The Time Machine, which was kind of the first um, hit book in this far future kind of genre. Uh, there's a 30-page essay by Brian Stableford, who I used to read quite a bit of in Asimov's, uh, about the history of far future SF, and he goes all the way back to Wells and uh, other people, and of course, Stapleton and uh, William Hope Hodgson you know, the nightlands and other stuff like that. And John W. Campbell actually wrote far future short stories. And as Don Stewart, he wrote some other ones, you know, under a different name and it's a fantastic book. I really like it. It was very expensive, as I said, but um, I put it on my Christmas list and I got it. So I'm really excited about it. That's great. So anyway, that's all I have to talk about today. So, uh, but I will tell you when it's available for you guys, it might be a little time because it'll take some time for somebody to proofread it. Mm -hmm. And as I said, I haven't finished it yet. But I like it. Um, So anyhow, um, do you want to talk about the three books you have and we can decide sure. amongst and us that's one of the only I, ones
3: here yeah before i start i i have no ego here if if people don't want to choose any of these three that's fine with me i just thought ones i came up with um the first one is called hominids it showed up on bard a couple weeks ago by oh, robert yeah. sawyer
0: yeah i read some of those i don't know if i read all of them but some of them were in analog okay. back in the 90s i think or yeah 80s-y. this is the
3: first know. one in a series so i don't know if we want to do that but it says it's a good standalone it's about a parallel race of neanderthals that have have become highly developed and how they compare to us and i guess how we interact back and forth so i don't know much more about it it's only 11 hours the other one is the i'm sorry go ahead that's a good
0: possibility and i like that idea because you know i am not a misanthropist exactly but you know he talks about what might have happened if human evolution had gone a different way Mm -hmm. and that's what these books are really about yeah you know there would be you know maybe things would be slower maybe things would be but there would you know he shows tries to show a civilization that's much gentler
3: Mm -hmm. you know
0: and uh, it's a great idea and and he's a good writer
3: yeah he is and he's accessible too he's not exactly difficult um the second one like i said is the alternate uh, asimov and it's 10 out 10 hours and i I'm going to read that because it does contain end of eternity, which I've been wanting to read. And then an as another Asimov book that I've never read is called The Gods Themselves, and that's ten hours also.
0: Uh, I think we did that one, but I don't remember oh, who okay. was here for that one back when oh. Mary was around.
3: Oh gosh, then well, maybe I've already read it.
0: <laughs> you might have, oh. might have. I like that; it's my favorite Asimovs, oh, and wow. I'm not as I wasn't as big an Asimov fan as some people, but. You know, I liked a good bit of his work, and I was mm-hmm. reading a lot of it when I was in fourth, fifth, I mean, sixth, seventh grade, eighth grade.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was my favorite of his books. There's some oh, really wow. serious imagination in there. He's got some really alien aliens in that.
2: As I recall, Asimov said that he wrote that book because people had criticized him for never writing about sex So he said, okay, I'll write a book in which that has some sex scenes, but good grief is nothing like any humans, would do sex.
3: (laughs) Good for him.
2: No, it's true though. It's true, but they are
0: alien. It's a good book,
3: but let's see.
0: Yeah, we, we did that one. Okay. Okay. Um, So, but I would vote. Well, I like both of them, but I I'm inclined to go with the hominids. Yeah,
1: that sounds interesting. Uh,
0: if uh, people want to go with that one, um, I'm glad to see they're on Bard. And I maybe I, I don't know about the other ones. I just
3: saw that one when I, it showed up a couple
0: I, of weeks ago. I think there's I think there are more. But I, I think there's wrong.
3: three, and it sounds like in the mm-hmm. in the annotation it said something about the Neanderthal Parallax mm-hmm. is the name of the series, perhaps. Yep. So I'm not sure. Yeah. As,
2: yeah, as they. Me, for what it's worth, I'd rather vote for The Alternate Asimov because I'd kind of like an excuse to read The End of Eternity again. I've <laughs> read, read it twice, but the last time I did read it, I read it in print. Oh, well, both times I read it, I read it in print. And, well, that's getting to be a pretty long time ago that I'm <laughs> yeah.
3: reading now. That's true. <laughs> yep. Well, we are going to do every other month where we're reading whatever we want, too. So I'll probably read that on one of those months if we don't pick it. So, group. Um, so I'm going to read all three of these anyway, so I don't care whatever you guys want. And if there's something else somebody has, Martin or Roger. Or- uh, not, well, not- well,
0: Asimov's a big draw. Maybe we could go with that this month and then we can do the hominids. Well, I might just read the hominids or Lissy and I might read it together um what do you think martin do you have a leaning one way or the other so this would be
1: something we would be reading for next month
0: yeah martin, to, okay. we, and we'd all talk about the same book this
1: uh, next month i like the hominids but this uh, Asimov is that a series of stories or just a, a, a novel type thing
3: no it's a book of short it's stories a
0: Short it's a book of short stories
3: uh, which as evan said earlier that does make it a little harder to talk about because everyone will have their favorite or whatever. But
2: let me point out that The End of Eternity is it's a long if it's a short story, it's a long short story, because ah. I read mm-hmm. it was a it was a novel.
3: Well, maybe there's only two or three in this. Yes, maybe. maybe they're novellas or something.
2: Why is it called The Alternate,
0: alternate Asimov?
3: Well? That's a good question. I don't know.
1: Hmm. That is yeah. kind of an interesting well, I interesting. would I would vote myself for the hominids, but
0: Uh, I hmm, now see we have too many, we have an even number of people here. Why couldn't one more person, yeah, exactly? Yeah, break the tie because I'm leaning towards the hominids myself.
3: I'll go with the hominids too, then. So, are you, uh, Roger, would you be willing to try it?
2: Yeah, I I read that when it appeared in magazine (laughs) form, but I actually don't remember it as well as, as I remember. The end of eternity, even though it's been mm-hmm. so much longer since I've read that one. But mm-hmm. um I I I guess I could read that and refresh my memory.
0: Sure, All yeah. right, uh, we'll uh, go uh, with it then. And I will put out a notice tomorrow so anybody okay. that's thinking of coming will have, you know, Does anyone have the
3: number? number it? It. Actually I do, but let me hold on, let me get it. Yeah, that'll switch. be good to
0: put on the put on the tape.
3: Wow, okay, hold on just a second. No. We still say tape. No Download that book and get, you know immediately. Right? One hundred nine four zero five. One zero nine four zero five. Yeah. All
0: righty, we'll try it. Yeah, I I think it's a great idea. And it's eleven
3: hours thirteen minutes, so that's it's not not, so not bad at all. Very no. good. Yeah, I mean we're
0: talking to a club of people who read, so exactly. It's not a it's not a huge. Uh, yeah, that's burden. not long at all. I mean, we did um. We did Peter Hamilton books. Oh yeah, we were doing you know books every month. You know we did um, the Great North Road, which is like twice as more than twice as long as that, Mm. or was it three times as long?
3: I can't even remember now. But it was a lot longer. Oh, absolutely. They Um, were in the twenties at least. Oh yeah, I got to check and see what he's up to now.
0: Last book he did the Salvation series.
1: I don't know know what he's doing now.
0: So i got to go up to Amazon and see if there's anything new coming out by him. Um, Yeah. So, well, I guess... uh, Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm going to say that the next meeting of the Science Fiction Club is on February the 9th, 2023. And we will be doing the book The Hominids by Robert J. Sawyer.